section ten of edmund dantes this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kate Fallis. Edmund Dantes by Edmund Flagg. The Communists, Part One. At this moment, the private door opened, and three men entered the editorial sanctum. Marist quickly turned, and his friend was silent. Ha! Albert Flocon Rollin he cried welcome welcome our friend louis blanc was just about wasting on me a sermon upon patience but now he'll have an audience worthy of the subject be seated and listen patience exclaimed flocon well i'm sure we need it that we do in our present low estate echoed rollin Albert said nothing, but smiled with sarcastic significance. When the salutations were over, and the party, all but Marist, who restlessly paced the room, were seated, Louis Blanc looked around on his friends with a sad smile, and continued. Marist is right, messieurs. I was indeed preaching patience. I was endeavouring to soothe his irritation and chide his depression with a sermon, since we are all old friends and fellow-sufferers in the good cause, and have a common interest in knowing the reasons of failure and the means of triumph. I will, by your leave, proceed. I, dear Louis, go on cried marist kindly but you are the most youthful sage i ever listened to yes louis proceed you look like a cure said rollin laughing i subscribe to louis blanc's creed be it what it may added flocon briskly and so do i said albert gravely in a deep tone of the new visitors, Ledru Rollin was a man of medium stature, about thirty-five years of age, and dressed in the extreme of the mode. His complexion and hair were light, his eyes large, blue, and protruding, his mouth prominent, and his full cheeks covered with whiskers, which, like those of Marist, were closely trimmed and met beneath his chin his head and shoulders were thrown back and his air was bold and independent he was a lawyer of talent who had gained celebrity as advocate of the accused on many occasions of state prosecutions flocon was an older man than rollin and his countenance bore the wary vigilant and suspicious look which experience alone gives he was low in stature thick-set and close-knit in figure his eyes seemed always half-closed his brow was broad and massive his face was long a moustache was on his lip and his hair was closely cut the outline of his head and the expression of his face seemed those rather of one born on the banks of the rhine than on the banks of the seine so calm and passionless did they appear his dress was plain but neat Flocon was the chief editor of La Reforme, the name of which indicates its character. It was this man who, in February 1833, 
repressed the violence of his partisans and saved the office of the gazette de france yet the very next day published his celebrated letter to the legitimists which for audacity force and pungency was only equalled by the paralyzing effect it produced the fines imprisonments and civil incapacities to which this man had been subjected for assaults upon a government he deemed corrupt for the ten years preceding had been literally numberless albert was a man of fifty or more with a large head square german face and forehead a large hazel eye fixed and unexcitable hair closely cut and beard upon his chin and lip his dress was a long iron-grey frock-coat buttoned closely to his chin his face was rather thin and his complexion bronzed his name had for years been identified with reform and though a manufacturer himself of the class of workmen being proprietor and chief engineer of a large machine factory at lyons he had established and sustained in that city a paper to advocate his principles named laglanus the prosecution of which by the government for libel and the fining and imprisonment of its editor formed an originating cause of the revolt in lyons of april eighteen hundred thirty four for the part played by this man in the revolt thus arising he was sentenced to transportation a penalty afterwards commuted to fine and imprisonment he was a man of few words remarkably few but of deep thought and prompt action and in moments of crisis and emergency a man of unshaken and inflexible nerve to the casual observer he seemed only a silent man or a sullen one astute or stolid in times of peril he was a man of iron but a man of action and passion too moving with resistless might to rouse his powers mental or physical demanded indeed circumstances of unusual import but once roused they were irresistible such were the personages now assembled in the office of la nationale and of those five men all were connected with the press directly as editor or proprietor save only ledru rollin and he was a writer for la reform as well as an advocate the name of louis blanc's paper was as has been said le bon sens but to return to the narrative and you really wish a sermon from me old comrades with patience as the text ay 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 exclaimed all suppose i add to it this line i find on the paper before me on the table that our good marist has just written as the text for a paragraph which would probably have cost him another fine and imprisonment had the paragraph been completed and published read read cried rollin with your permission armand certainly replied the editor still continuing his promenade again the house of orlan triumphs read louis blanc aloud and is it not true the accursed tyrants vociferated rollin ay true was the mild answer alas too true that perfidious house does triumph and for that very reason the fact should never be acknowledged by its opponents 
Rahman shook his head and throwing himself back in his capacious chair folded his arms sunk his chin upon his breast and closed his eyes marist continued his walk flocon remained silent and thoughtful albert gave a significant smile oppose ceaselessly but quietly every act of despotism this bourgeois government may attempt but be the result what it may never admit yourselves discouraged depressed dismayed defeated from every fall rise like antaeus with renewed vigour nor is it wise or prudent in those engaged in a great and glorious cause to provoke danger to brave penalty when nothing of good to that cause can reasonably be expected prudence policy patience and perseverance accomplish more than rashness yet are not inconsistent with intrepidity boldness patriotism and philanthropy the most exalted comrades what says the past the past ten years in whose events we have all so intimately mingled shall i tell you ay la histoire de diane said flocon we are all sure of being immortal there in that same book of yours eh louis cried rollin opening his large blue eyes louis blanc smiled and continued shall i convince you comrades by the history of the past ten years the scenes we have all witnessed the events we have all deplored the defeats we have all sustained the insulting ovations we have all been forced to behold and the unceasing triumphs and tyranny of the house of orland that had patience and prudence been our motto these defeats and triumphs would never have been witnessed because these premature revolts would never have been made albert bowed and gave his peculiar smile our friend albert smiles and well he may he has had a sad experience in this error of premature outbreaks in april eighteen hundred thirty four he exerted every energy to restrain the revolt in lyons as chief of the Société des droits d'elhomme and as the undoubted friend of the operatives but his efforts were futile exasperated urged on by less experienced leaders they were in full tide of revolution and could no more be restrained in their unwise rising than could the mountain cataract in mad career be damned the result was of course defeat most disastrous defeat hundreds of the people perished and our friend was imprisoned and fined for taking part in a movement which he had in vain attempted to quell and then with the certainty of defeat had joined rather than desert the people who trusted and relied on him a noble act cried marist as he paced the room albert quietly smiled but otherwise his countenance remained unmoved and was it not a most noble and a most wise act continued the author of the ten years 
when our friend flocon by an energetic and eloquent harangue restrained the indignant people from raising to the ground the office of the gazette de france the organ of the duchess of berry and his bitter foe terribly would that rash act have recoiled on us and yet at the same time with this most patriotic and prudent deed before us a wilder measure than even that was adopted and it was quelled only by force you all remember the events in february thirty three eugenie briefot in his corsair alluded jestingly to the mysterious pregnancy of the mother of henry v duke of bordeaux as did every one she then being imprisoned at bay because of her prior conspiracy to place her son on the throne and her secret marriage in italy being unrevealed the legitimus of le revenant challenged the allusion was repeated and a second trial and a death ensued le national and la tribune regarding these repeated challenges as a menace to the republicans hurled defiance at the legitimists and demanded twelve distinct rencontres in behalf of as many names of our friends posted at their offices among which those of armand carroll godfrey cavignac and armand marast were conspicuous the challenge is accepted the names of twelve legitimists are furnished armand carroll selects rue labory they fight and carroll is dangerously wounded the police then interfere the affair ends with flocon's terrific and audacious defiance flung down at the whole legitimist and orlan parties in the columns of la reforme now what to republicans were the quarrels of legitimists and orlanists if we were to be ruled by a king what cared we whether that king were henry the fifth or louis philippe how would the sacrifice of carol marest cavignac or any of those twelve brave men have been repaid or made up and afterwards alas in july of thirty six when armand carroll causelessly assuming a quarrel not his own because of a fancied attempt to degrade the press by rendering its issues accessible by cheapness to the masses was slain in the boy de vincennes by the vulgar bullet of emile de girardin of la presse what reparation to our cause was it that our champion had died like a hero and chateaubriand arago cormenine and Peranger wept around his grave alas that inestimable life belonged to his country and his race and not to himself to fling away in an obscure quarrel but we are not all of us armand carols said Rollin and yet to the great cause of human liberty and the amelioration of man's condition to which each of us stands sworn are pledged our lives to hazard that cause by the sacrifice of those lives or by rashly and unwisely attempting its advancement makes us violators of our vows quite as much in reality as if we had become traitors but the instances you cite are those only of individual rashness louis and not of the people or of their leaders acting in concert remarked marist true 
concert of action has been chiefly needed but i have only to recall the dates and places of our repeated attempts and defeats for the past ten years to convince you all that those attempts were premature and had they not been so they might have been successful that they have frittered away energies which properly concentrated and directed might have achieved a revolution and that while they have betrayed our designs and oppressed our friends have enabled our foes insultingly to triumph and caused them to be on the constant qui vive to anticipate our movements what but premature and undigested uprisings were the conspiracy of the bell tower of notre dame in january of thirty two when la nationale was seized or the disturbances in la vendee or those in grenoble or those in marseilles or those of the rue des prouvaires or those in april during the cholera when casimir perrier died or those of the fifth and sixth of june on the occasion of general lamarque's funeral on pretence of avenging upon the government the affront offered during the obsequies of casimir perrier the victim premier of the cholera for the part taken by la tribune then conducted by marist in this revolt its press was seized and sealed the same was the fate of la quotidienne and the same would have been the fate of la nationale but for its barricades well do i remember the meeting of our friends in this very apartment on the night after general lamarque's funeral the great shade of the venerable warrior seemed among us repeating for our counsel and imitation his last impressive words i die but the cause lives but alas we observed it not doubt dissension dismay and despair were in our midst all was dark all was defiance and denunciation crimination and recrimination brother's hand raised against brother armand carroll that night sat in this chair but he was not the man to command his own will or opinions how could he then bring to obedience and concert the conflicting impulses of others armand carroll was a wonderful man his motto like that of danton was this audacity audacity always audacity yet with all the audacity of danton he had little of his firmness an officer under the restoration a conspirator at beefort in arms in spain against the white flag three times a prisoner before a council of war in eighteen thirty he was with tears the founder of this journal but everywhere he carried the exactitude of the camp even in dress manner and bearing he was a soldier lofty haughty seemingly overbearing yet at heart noble and generous and to his friends accessible in the extreme to his military notions nothing could be accomplished without soldiers and for the people to carry a revolution against soldiers seemed to him absurd armand carroll would have been nevertheless a good revolutionist louis said marist but he was a bad conspirator he had no faith in the people no confidence in the efforts of undisciplined and unarmed masses and therein said rollin he greatly erred 
although we can as yet boast of having accomplished but very little by them ledru added flocon with a meaning smile the masses are easily roused but they don't stay roused and then they often get unmanageable even by those by whose summons they were stirred up they fight well but somehow or other they always get beaten they succumb at last and bow their necks to the yoke lower than ever it is not the people said louis blanc it is we the leaders who are to be blamed we rouse them before we are ready for them before we have prepared them or anything else for a result and then it is not strange that they only rush bravely on to death and defeat we seize on the occasion of a funeral for an outbreak without organization and the cuirassiers of the military escort trample our ranks beneath their horses hoofs but for unusual efforts such would have been the case at the funeral of dulong the deputy who fell in a duel with general bugaud in january of thirty four what were the circumstances asked rollin armand recollects them better than i replied louis blanc the circumstances were these as i remember them said marist general bugaud remarked in the course of a speech in the chamber that obedience is always a soldier's duty what of the order be to become a turnkey asked dulong in allusion to the general's position in relation to the duchess of berry during her pregnancy and confinement at bay armand carroll endeavoured to pacificate but the effort failed they met in the bois de boulogne at ten o'clock in the morning the weapons were pistols the distance forty paces bugaud fired almost as soon as he turned advancing only a few steps his ball entered above dulong's right eye and at six o'clock that evening he was dead there was a splendid ball at the tuileries that night was there not asked flocon there was and this with other things excited in the masses the idea that their champion was the victim of a royalist conspiracy which all the influence of armand carroll and dulong's uncle dupont de was hardly sufficient to suppress but dupont immediately resigned his seat in the chamber he would sit no longer in a body one man of which he deemed the murderer of a beloved nephew the obsequies were grand armand carroll pronounced the eulogy and two hundred and thirty-four deputies wet the grave with their tears the people were greatly excited and as has been said were with great difficulty restrained by carroll and dupont had they been suffered to revolt the only result which could have followed would have been a terrific outpouring of their blood furnishing another instance i suppose of the evil of impatience is it not so louis undoubtedly was the reply and only two months after that other instance actually occurred for our warning in the revolt at lyons with which we are all familiar and in which we were all actors most of us to our sorrow this was in april albert's journal la glenousse had been seized for libel on the government and the editor fined and imprisoned next a reform banquet of the operatives was forbidden although but a year before garnier pages had been suffered to banquet the lyonnese 
to the number of two thousand and although at no period had so many gorgeous festivities and public balls been given by the rich royalists as if in premeditated scorn of the banquet prohibited to the poor republicans the result was so prompt as to seem inevitable there was a strike of the operatives an insurrection of the people albert was sent to paris as an envoy to find a man to lead the revolt messrs cabot and pages were deemed too moderate cavaignac would go only with cabot lafayette was too feeble but gave his name and letters carroll and marist were not members of the society des droits de l'homme and albert had been cautioned that carroll was too moderate tears had denounced la tribune and marist's friends were hiding him from the police in despair concerning his mission the envoy was about returning home when he was sent for to armand carroll's house and carroll offered to go to lyons and lead the revolt provided godefroy cavaignac would accompany him now these friends had long been at feud but all private grievances were forgotten in this crisis of the cause and albert is just about preceding them in the post-chaise to announce their coming when lo the telegraph says order reigns in lyons here then after a terrific slaughter was recorded another fruitless revolt because a premature one nay it was infinitely worse than fruitless not only did the republicans utterly fail in their attempts not only were they cruelly crushed by the royal mercenaries but they were openly derided in their defeat and the cause was gloomier than ever the slaughter of women and children in the streets of lyons and on their own hearthstones in the course of this insurrection was hideous and is graphically portrayed in the memorial of our friend ledru rollin as advocate in the matter but as if all this were not enough for our persecuted cause the decease of the great and good lafayette the idol of free men all the world over took place in the following may alas his son went down in clouds his end was dark bitter maledictions quivered on his dying lips he had lived to mourn that july day only three years before when on the steps of the hotel de ville he had with his own hands been called to invest a cold-blooded perfidious selfish and most ungrateful tyrant with royal robes alas there was order in lyons lafayette was in his grave peace reigned in paris the house of orleans triumphed those were dark days said marist sadly they were dear armand dark indeed for you and your friends for your journal had been suppressed and you were an inmate with cavaignac of saint pelagie once you both bravely and boldly effected your escape more than a year afterwards and fled to england to the most glorious discomfiture of the knaves who put you there cried rollin viva la republique yet messieurs we've all seen dark days and the present is none of the brightest and we've all come together at these old headquarters of liberty just to be unhappy together just to help each other be miserable which in fact is vastly happier unhappiness than being miserable alone at all events that's what i want but it can't always be right i predict a revolution before another ten years shall have rolled round 
which shall make immortals of us all that revolution for which we have been waiting watching toiling and writing lo now these thirteen years and upward for which waiting watching toiling and writing we have some of us been fined who had enough money to pay a fine and others imprisoned and hunted about and persecuted why there's albert and flocon haven't been able to get a franc cleverly warm in their pockets these ten years before forth it was drawn in the form of a fine while as for marist he has the perfect air and bearing of a bandit so often has he seen the inside of a dungeon and our friend albert isn't much better looking as for louis and myself why we never knew what it was to have a franc get warm in our pockets so we escaped having any drawn forth by ministers and they have never thought us worth prosecuting or imprisoning but they may change their minds when louis's book that is to make us all immortal comes out eh louis louis blanc smiled but made no answer well it is only meet i suppose that i should receive my share of the blows said marist i'm sure i'm not very delicate or very ceremonious in bestowing them besides every one of my predecessors has endured the same carroll thomas bastide while poor ruin the proprietor would have been ruined indeed a dozen times with fines but for his enormous profits why this old office has been perfect but for ministers to fire at it has received a dozen fusillades at least but it stands yet and strange as may have been the scenes it has witnessed it will witness yet other and stranger ones and we shall all be witnesses thereof and actors in them too or greatly do i err so be it with all our hearts was the general shout end of section ten